0: Coming up on this episode of Thirty Thousand Things.
1: Hi, this is Amy Detmar and she's a container hoarder. (laughs) This is now my
2: first therapy session. (laughs) Like I like to think of those as like my high-end containers. (laughs) So I anticipated that those would be like my containers. Yes, Yes, for you know, for display purposes only. Like those are the containers you put in the refrigerator that you see the grapes through, and (laughs) they they just look nicer. I know this (laughs) one. (laughs) I will be disposing of of much of the collection we are staring at right now.
0: Hi this is Jay Dewey and this is 30,000 Things. This episode is a story that has stuck with me, literally, because every time I bring home a new product and have a jar that I'm washing out and putting into the recycling bin, or every time I go into the cabinet with all of the Gladware slash Tupperware, whatever you call it, I'm reminded of this conversation that I had with Steve and Amy Dittmar back in the summer. It doesn't need too much of an introduction other than that because I think you're gonna learn all about uh, what is primarily Amy's obsession, and how her wonderful husband, Steve, copes with it. You'll find that this conversation gets into some unexpected areas. Different cultures, multi-generational families all living under the same roof, ecology, recycling, we kind of go all over the place. But it actually all makes sense. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a fun conversation with Steve and Amy Dittmar and Amy's collection of containers. I'm Amy Dittmar.
1: And Steve Dittmar. And how long have you been
0: married? Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Hold on. 2008. How long have you known each other?
1: Uh, we've well, known each other since 2001.
2: We're going on almost 15 years now. Yeah. We mm-hmm. can't do the math
0: that fast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we were dating since 2001, so we've been together for as long.
0: <laughs> and how long have you lived together?
1: Also, since 2008. Yeah, okay. we got married and moved in. No, well, no, We sorry. lived
2: together pretty much since the day we met.
1: Well, yeah, okay. We we, we met, met each in, other, dorms yeah, in the dorms. Yeah, across the across the hallway in the dorms we met. So, and we moved into an apartment, and then we moved here, and you know have been together since. So
0: we're here today because uh, you guys told me jokingly over drinks at a bar one night that you had your own idea for an episode, which was both uh, your collecting of uh, or. I don't, I don't even know whether to call it—accumulating, yeah, accumulating plastic and containers. And we also talked a little bit about some like cultural differences. Uh, you mentioned that it's a—it's actually a, an, you just can't throw anything out or certain things out. And we it's also a talked a bit about your mom. Your, yeah. Mom, your, your mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So Amy is Indian, and Amy's mom is also obviously Indian. But Amy's mom is first generation, you know, Indian, and I Amy is here. first generation American. So there's a little difference there. But at the same time, a lot of it is, I think, um, just in the upbringing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, her her mom tends to always see a use for every container. And no matter what it looks like, no matter what shape it is, and I think the more unique it is, the better.
2: <laughs> it's uh, I think it goes back to being resourceful. Yeah. It's useful stuff. And I think in the sense that my parents came from you know, a third world country and migrated here with pretty much nothing. It's, they see, they saw a use for everything, even something that I think our generation sees as disposable is maybe less disposable to their generation.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it, like, you know, when you're in India, they they don't really have, not most places anyways, don't really have recycling. That concept of it is still kind of new that a lot of places don't even have uh, centralized garbage pickup and that kind of stuff so, so their idea
2: what, of recycling is reusing
1: right yeah a lot of times they would just reuse something if it was more permanent permanent like that um, and in addition you know the, the stuff that would normally end up in their garbage bin would be you know smaller wrappers maybe or or cardboard or or just like you know the rinds of fruit and stuff like that which they would toss over the side of the wall every week and the local cows would graze on it and pull out anything that they thought they could eat <laughs> so, is so when it came to plastic yeah that wasn't going to go over the wall because that would pile up and that was a useful thing for them they don't get stuff in full-on jars and plastic that they don't need to return to the store they got it from quite as frequently um, but then when you translate that into the U.S. where that is quite common to get those types of containers there seems to be a hard a hard uh, line of identifying how much you need to actually keep versus what's okay to allow it to go be recycled and have another life.
2: <laughs> I think it's just a different vision that I have. I see <laughs> you know, I see containers as like a creative you can come up with uses for things. Like, you know, you might not per se need it right now, but a container is kind of like a blank... Thing you can fill it with, it doesn't have to be filled with what it came with, it can be filled with a multitude of other things. And it's not just limited, even if it starts out as a food container, it doesn't have to remain a food container. Mm-hmm. It could be used for nails, pennies, coins.
1: We could store tacks, a lot of pennies with all these containers. If I had enough pennies to fill these <laughs> containers, I'd be a rich, rich man.
2: That's <laughs> why we need to keep all these containers.
0: So, just to, to be Clear as we mm-hmm. record this, we're kind of surrounded by um, the collection that you've kindly pulled out of all the different storage places. So, j- just to, to be clear so everyone knows what we're talking about. So, you've got your regular like Tupperware or um, like your like, Gladware.
1: Yeah, store bought, reusable, meant to be container containers.
0: But uh, you see, you've got some pickle jars, salsa jars,
1: we got pretzel bottles. rod, uh, plastic bucket. Yeah, lots of fruit, um, like pressed paper baskets for you know raspberries and that kind of stuff. Lots of Chinese takeout containers and
0: yeah. there's a lot. there's yeah, like a whole t- tower of, <laughs> of the soup containers. Uh-huh. And then I think you mentioned these um, when we were talking at the Barbapies. Oh, we special.
2: I get very excited when I find like very special purpose containers that are unique or different. So the okay. story behind that one is actually it's an Indian type of food that's very very fragile and not very transportable so it came in this very distinct packaging with like a clamshell container and it's got all these little pockets for each of these individual items that are wrapped and it's
0: what was the the food that comes in those
2: it's called puri it's like a fried um it's like a street food so it's a little fried shell and then it gets stuffed with all kinds of things like chickpeas and yeah, onions it's like and
1: crunchy and hollow um, orb kind of that so they usually bust aside open on it and pour in this kind of spiced water liquid along with potatoes onions and things but yeah.
2: it's very fragile i mean it's like a crispy sort of puffed yeah. item and so you can't really not have it in very good packaging which is yeah. why i kept it cuz it's very good packaging <laughs>
1: <laughs> she appreciates the packaging, <laughs> packaging engineering behind this. All, it's a
2: so. very ingenious solution to the problem of broken puri.
1: <laughs> so different
2: br- than any other Tupperware I have.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or like container. I said, like I I said different call it. is immediately appealing. They, they seem to, you know, their mind lights up when they see a different container, yet it has not yet been used, even though we've had that for quite a while.
2: But I, I will differentiate the collection that's in front of us because being second generation Indian so I was born and raised in the US my collection is a, a little bit more advanced <clears throat> I would say than maybe my mother's part of the collection so I'm not a fan of like even though you're you're seeing here the reused salsa containers and pickle jars that's not my normal collection so for me I get I I understand completely the resourcefulness and the usefulness, so I do admit fully to saving containers that maybe don't need to be saved. But I also, being born and raised here, I am aware of things like the Container Store and IKEA and that they sell containers just to be containers. So the things I save are usually like they don't have labels they you know they look more like what you might buy at the Tupperware store <laughs> H-
1: hence the mountain of chinese containers and japanese uh, sushi containers cuz they're
2: very nondescript they're so they a, can yes. be used for many things and they if if well mm-hmm. organized and well cleaned and mm-hmm. contained they they stack nicely they look nice in your cabinets
1: yeah but now our mother-in-law lives with us my mother-in-law so that is why all of a sudden the collection has start to grow with the more you know the bertoli Jars and the and paste the salsa jar. jars, yes, and which
2: the, I'm not uh, as approving of the, those. So those are virgin, usually the ones where we we try to
1: like we get you know she'll save like the extra virgin olive oil jar, which has a specialized top on it, which you, it makes it hard to refill to begin with. Very hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. alone trying to rinse it out well because oil, you know trying to get that out of the jar tends to be kind of tough anyways. So you know she just saves it because oh it's a jar.
0: I never thought about it before, but I just realized that we do place a certain value on these containers that we call them useful because they don't have any other label mm-hmm. on it you know they're like you said the the chinese takeout ones once they're not chinese takeout anymore they're just like a blank container but we do kind of look down on the Second section here piece. that's yeah. the already has a label on it yeah and you know to go through all the work of like you know soaking the label off and all Mm -hmm. that you could do that but then you're still stuck with like a lid that says yeah there's something
2: I guess it's more just like we were raised to like think of everything matching and pretty and sort of a little bit neater and I think the idea of just having a ragu pasta sauce jar filled with like rice or something or whatever you might put in it, just even though it's God, the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a jar you could go and buy at Ikea that's intended to put rice in that's probably negligibly different than the ragu jar. But I just don't want a whole shelf full of ragu jars. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so and the other part it's of very, it too
1: is like, you know, she keep, her mom will keep, you know, the sour cream containers and things where you can't see into them. Well, now you've got something mislabeled, and you only can tell once you open it up. And that's happened to me numerous times now in the past year that she's lived with us, where I'm like, oh, good, we have sour cream dip. Nope. (laughs) It's, you know, some kind of curry that she's made. It does become
2: very confusing in the refrigerator. That's one thing. We are are trying to find a solution to the refrigerator situation. Because at least in the cabinets, it's like... Mm It, we have our own spaces, and we can kind of differentiate in certain ways, but the refrigerator, when there's a yogurt container with something other than yogurt in it, it's kind of deceptive. I do understand that <laughs> that's slowly becoming a problem,
0: You know, but to that way of thinking i'm I'm sure it's not we can't really label it, it just as an Indian way of thinking, but mm-hmm. that like that resourcefulness it's right there's there's nothing wrong with these. Containers, yeah, but all... we we do as a society kind of place a value on the the ones with no labels, or you know, because you can get them all matching. And, you
1: know. and the other part for me too is like I, I completely see that like a glass jar can be cleaned fairly easily and store something else without really you know any kind of contamination problem or what else. And because you can see through it, you know you'd be able to identify it fine. Um, and they're all just different shapes. That's not a huge deal. But what I what I've observed over time is that we bring in more than we ever use. Like the, the the rate at which we acquire new glass jars, whether it be salsa or you know whatever, is much faster than the rate that we accidentally break them or you know need to get rid of them for any other reason. So it's it's kind of just ingrained in me like you have to get we have to schlep them off every now and then. Find that like minimum number that's really what you need, and anything after that should really be tossed until you actually do break one or actually do find you need an additional one. Because it's never like, oh, this is the first time I've had an extra glass jar in the last year. I better hold on to it.
2: (laughs) See, this is where it's, I think, a little unique to have two sides to the story. (laughs) 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 Because the the reason behind saving more than what you think you might need is that you never know when there might be an abundance of need. So, like, I, I entertain a lot. And for me, like, a lot of the containers revolve around food like obviously most of them are food containers but so i always like to just have lots of containers because if you have a party and then you want to send people home with things and it's it's just nice to have like a stockpile of them
1: so jay's been to our parties i would just pose the question to jay when's the last time we sent you home with a container uh i don't
0: think i've been sent
1: home (laughs) okay okay fair (laughs) Sounds
2: like you need to come over more often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I totally see her perspective on that, but the reality of how often we've actually, because most of the time, you know, our friends say, no, I don't really want to take anything anyways. And you maybe get one or two at each party that will actually take a container of something um, if we, you know, really overstock the amount of food we had, but. You can see. Oh, yeah, I think we'd have
0: to have a lot, a lot of We'd have guests. to have a really a, big yes, party. Yes. I understand that. This would
1: be every person we know times two or three taking an entire container's worth of something out of our house. Yeah.
2: I think part of it, too, is in fairness, like you said, it is just hard to feel not guilty about throwing it away. So it's not, it's not necessarily that I, I, I'm totally a rational person. <laughs> At least I think I am. But... I do understand that we're not going to utilize, Yeah, we may not necessarily utilize all of it, but I also feel like it's, it's just a shame. We, we just are so, everything is so disposable. Like we, we find something and it has one use, like water bottles drive me nuts because y- you're drinking out of the water bottle for like a 10 minute period of time. You're going for one run or it's at one meeting or, and it's just an excessive amount of garbage after the fact for only serving a very temporary purpose so it is part of it is just hating to throw things away that potentially could be purposeful because you just feel like well it was created so much energy and resource was put into manufacturing and making and shipping and you're paying for that when you purchase the product and it's just a shame to just throw it directly into the garbage after you're done with your pickles.
0: Yeah, there's the ecology issue. Yeah, it's crazy. too. So if in you know, India the, this is what they they would do with uh, these all these containers, or you know other parts of the the world, it it makes total sense. It, yeah. it's a value, it's a valuable resource. Why mm-hmm. just throw it into a landfill?
1: Yeah, and we we have in the U.S. the benefit of being a fairly wealthy nation, and you know I'm I'm sure that well I've seen it when we're there. The volume of inbound plasticware and glassware in the houses in India is not. Is high. <laughs> you know, they don't, they, they tend to get a lot of things in bags because that's cheaper to produce and ship and package um, versus where we'll get something that looks like a fairly sturdy container in and of itself just for that one purpose. But I, I guess I have a stronger, for good or for worse, um, a stronger belief in the recycling system and I'm, I'm okay with the concept that like it doesn't need to stay shaped as a Bertoli can uh, jar, it can go get crushed, get <laughs> melted down, turned into another thing, um, as long as I'm not throwing it on the side of the road or throwing it into the, you know, into the trash bin instead of the recycling bin. You know, I have a stronger faith in that, I guess.
0: <laughs>
2: I think there's more movement towards sort of that consideration up front instead of worrying about having to dispose of after the fact. I think You see it now, like, a lot of things are made with recycled material or things are just made with less plastic or Or, less cardboard. Or
1: biodegradable stuff. So
2: hopefully it's not even, you know, in some generations' time, it's not even as big an issue as it is now, but it just does seem like there's a lot of packaging. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, just having been experienced not just in India but in other countries as a whole, like, things just aren't packaged quite as intensely as things are in the US, it's amazing to me that there's like an inner oh. packaging, then there's an outer plastic layer, and mm-hmm. then there's a cardboard sleeve that goes over the plastic and it just seems so excessive. Which you forgot is, to
1: shrink wrap the cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> which be, is why the dust off of it too. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing
2: my small part to like save the world.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so you're saving on your house. Exactly. <laughs> this is true. You but I'm
2: reducing. But I'm reducing the need for IKEA or the Container Store or some other store to manufacture a Tupperware or a container for me on my behalf. I, I'm displacing the production of a few additional containers. <laughs> is how I like to think of it. And, and you're laughing because you. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I will be disposing of of much of the collection we are staring at right now.
1: Well, I find it interesting too I, there might be something of a socioeconomic um, disparity between the way I grew up and the way she grew up as well. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have parents that had good jobs and we never really had trouble with you know having food on the table or having you know getting the most of what we wanted I and mean, it didn't spoil us per se compared to some of my friends but they you know we never had that kind of issue of worrying like when stuff coming next Um, but with her family and they were my
2: parents both worked minimum wage jobs so it was you know there was no there wasn't going to a store to buy a container to put the cereal in the container you you kept the cereal in the cereal box and there wasn't uh you know anything that wasn't a necessity wasn't something you would purchase so you kind of anything above the above and beyond the need or necessity you would kind of make or repurpose or
1: sort of yeah I think having that kind of that higher income level sort of affords you the next R in the reduce reuse and recycle kind of paradigm you know if you've got the income to know that you've got enough stuff coming in all the time that you don't necessarily have to reuse it all the time you can afford to go to that next step and say okay we're going to recycle it now because that is a cost right to recycle something Mm -hmm. Um, and it is a luxury to be able to not have to reuse it essentially
0: so I remember from our our kind of our preview conversation that there there is a set of glass or special containers that to be reused. That someone who like is much more like, like hyper organized would say, "This is all I need. This is my like my refrigerator glass." But apparently that's the. The containers that your mom uses to make yogurt in? So I
2: do, because a lot of this containers, like I said, it, they are repurposed things, so they're not quite as um, fancy in appearance. I do actually own like real containers. So I have um, a whole set of Pyrex dishes with, you know, lids and, tu- and actual Tupperware brand uh, containers, Gladware, you know, the standard stuff everybody buys. Um, but When my mom moved in, I kind of, you know, like I like to think of those as like my high-end
0: containers.
2: (laughs) So I anticipated that those would be like my containers. Yes, Yes, for, you know, for display purposes only. Like those are the containers you put in the refrigerator that you see the grapes through and (laughs) they just look nicer. But uh, my mom has slowly, even though you would be amazed because she has plenty of her own ragu sauce containers and yogurt containers, she has migrated to using my Pyrex and Tupperware containers, which that's like a whole sort of a transition thing we're still trying to figure out how to...
1: Yeah, whereas we will find the Bertoli containers kind of tucked away in corners of the cabinets or whatever that you wouldn't expect to find them. With the Pyrex, you'll find it tucked away in corners of, you know, kitchen gadgets where you wouldn't expect to find them. Like we'll find a, a bowl of yogurt on its way towards yogurt, you know, start out as milk with the culture um, inside the toaster oven, or inside the regular oven. You know, so I have it has happened on multiple times where I've preheated the oven because why would I look inside <laughs> the oven first beforehand? And by the time it gets up to 400 degrees and beeps, I go to open it up and you know put the frozen pizza or something in it. And there's a thing of yogurt in there that I just toasted.
2: In fairness, <laughs> I'm not a yogurt making expert, but I believe that has something to do with the fact that you have to put the yogurt in a warm environment. Well, I think it's to enzymatic get the reaction, cultures, right? To... That
1: does require some heat and generate some heat, so they do normally kind of contain them. But it doesn't necessarily but, need to be in the toaster oven,
2: <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily need to be in my high-end Tupperware container. Right.
1: Yes, you could do all that in you know, the plastic <laughs> stuff that we have around.
2: Yes. So yeah. there is—it's it, a bit of an adjustment trying to, um, I think, separate in my mind, like what should be contained within the nice containers and what should be contained within the reused containers.
1: And and just working it out with your mom—it's like having a third partner in the marriage, almost, you know, or or kid in the house, essentially. Yeah. It's it's you've all got she's got 70 years or 65 years of her own experience and what she's been doing forever and now she's in someone else's house and we've got our own way of doing things and that comes that finds its way into the whole container mess as well
2: yeah i think i've regressed a little in the container situation i had it under control before she moved in and only selected Nicer containers to save. Now I find myself regressing back to that thought of like, well, all containers are nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, admitting you have a problem is the first. Thing. That's, That's right.
1: right. Hi, this is Amy Solve Detmar, it. and she's a container this hoarder. This
2: is now my first therapy session.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you ha- have a container problem, or are you content with the the, the just the cycle of accumulation, and then prune get rid right of it, prune it? binge and purge
2: um, if you're saying do i think that i can be treated for this condition no <laughs> i think in my mind i feel like it's all like it's not it, it's not a part of my living space it's not in my way so i feel like it's the containers are contained so it doesn't bother me at all i don't really think about the fact that there's more than i need or that it feels like clutter so i don't i don't feel compelled to need to have to go through it that often but I guess it is kind of nice I it is nice when I do see it all in one place every year or so to kind of say okay I don't even know why I saved this <laughs> like I think you, the more time that elapses between when you had the container and when you're looking at the container I think you realize okay this really serves no purpose <laughs> so it's kind of nice to revisit it every once in a while, but it's definitely not something I do on a regular basis or anticipate doing. No,
1: it's not like you go out and buy something specifically for the container so you know it's, it's not a problem yeah. in that regard. It's more once it's in the house and it's served its purpose, whatever it originally was, um, then it's sometimes hard to get rid of it.
0: So Steve, do you think Amy has a problem?
1: <laughs> well, we I don't I wouldn't necessarily call it a problem, and if it was a problem That'd be a nice, like, worse problem to have. so, There's plenty of worse things true, you could have true. to deal with on a daily basis. But Otherwise she's perfect. Otherwise she's perfect, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, for me, I have a little more OCD on it. I mean, I'm a developer, and, you know, with lo- computer languages, the amount of white space from the front of the line to the beginning of the line of code can make a difference. And so I'm, there's a lot of inherent need to be efficient and inherent, inherent need to be kind of orderly in my head. And, you know, I'm the guy that adjusts the cell phone to make it parallel to the edge of the table without really kind of thinking about it on occasion. And so when I look into the closets where she has these containers contained, they're usually to the point that, yes, they're all stacked nicely, but for me to try and get something specifically out of there, I have to undo the Tetris pile <laughs> in order to have a chance at, you know, pulling it out with every, without everything just falling all over the place or whatever. Um, because, you know, some of them fit into each other nicely and other ones don't, and that's just how it's always going to be i
2: will agree i will concur that we probably would utilize the collection more if there was less of a collection i think it would be sort of easier to envision a purpose for each item if you had less of the items and and just like steve said just a lot easier to access the items (laughs) rather than have to Just look in the closet and say, No, I'll just take a container from somewhere else.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Or I'll just wrap it in plastic wrap or put it in a plastic bag instead. Yeah, or
1: I'll put some plastic over that last piece of pie.
2: That does happen. (laughs) Um, We tend to gravitate towards the saran wrap or the zip top bags because it it does, in a sense, make it a little easier than trying to find the right container.
1: it's a project to find the exact, like, there's, a, there's a pie, you can see a pie, a single piece of pie container over here in the midst, in the middle of mm-hmm. the pile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was meant for a single piece of pie or cake. I've yet to seen it used other than the day we bought that piece of cake from probably Adams or something like that. When we have a single piece of pie left in, you know, the pie tray, we're just going to throw some saran wrap on it and put it back in the fridge because it's not only going to last about 24 more hours before that single piece of pie is now gone. Or less now that the mother-in-law stays home all day. So as a result, that pie, you know, that thing was in the back of the closet behind the 30 um, containers for soup and all this other stuff. There's no way we were going to dig through that entire closet to find that one pie container just so that we could store a piece of pie for a couple of hours See, and, uh,
2: those specialized containers are more for transport purposes <laughs>
1: transport. than they
2: are for storage purposes. <laughs> because, I'm not kidding, every once in a while, if you got to go somewhere with a slice of pie... <laughs> yeah, that, that's a
1: daily concern of mine, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, this one might be a little far-fetched, but it could happen. It could.
1: And, well, and, If I, I wanted I will...
2: to take a piece of pie to work as like a snack, Mm -hmm. it would be a very useful container to take said piece of pie You remember when we had uh,
1: pizza-shaped Ziploc bags?
2: We still have those, they're amazing. Yes,
1: because we've used one out of 30.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where did you find pizza-shaped Ziploc bags?
2: They're amazing. I think we found them at Christmas tree shops.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I know. So they're wedge-shaped as you would expect. The problem is, not every pizza is that exact shape. That's something, when we buy them from like Colonero's or whatever, they tend to be a little bit bigger. Um, than that particular wedge-shaped thing, so you know you might fit them in there, but it's not as perfection as your mind might imagine it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's still and, pretty And realistically, awesome. what would you know if we if we had to contain if we had to carry a piece of pie to work, any of the other containers would also do.
2: Yeah, but the pie-shaped container keeps the piece of pie in better condition than just a circular <laughs> container would.
1: <laughs> or admit it, it's because it's cute.
2: A lot of it has to do with the cuteness factor, yes. There are some containers where it's just, they're cool containers. They're Like the you know. really
1: narrow, short, but long um, sushi containers. They're, you know, that we get, you just get strips of tuna in them or something.
2: But I love those because I can lay out, when I bake cookies, I can like lay them out in a nice row and they look nice in the container. They've got a clear lid so can you can see the cookies when I present them to you.
1: Can or could or ever have.
2: I have. I gave cookies to the neighbor the other day in a in a sushi container. I like The real just like long, to point narrow out. ones
1: from the... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Does she still have it? Can I go check?
2: <laughs> she, well, you know what? I will say that for as many people um, as speak up about my collection, there are a lot of people who contribute to my collection. A lot of times, friends will save cupcake-shaped containers for me. Um, people will... Cupcake if it's one. a good container, they will clean it and bring it back to me. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, the cupcakes ones, those you do tend to get a lot of. That's that's a thing now. <laughs> but, so,
2: you uh, know, I'm. It, it's not a problem I've created for myself. There are other contributing factors.
1: This
0: is what happens when you, you have a collection. People find out about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like the squirrels and the octopuses. Exactly. Then, yeah. I I haven't bought any of that myself in years. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps people coming in, them. right? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs>
1: Yep, that happens. That's how we got that squirrel nutcracker over there. <laughs> we said once, oh, we like squirrels, and then all of a sudden.
0: Well, thank you both very much. You're awesome. welcome. Nice to have you. Thank you. I, I, I Yeah, it's good to, to see it all played out. <laughs> so. As you can hear, we were laughing through pretty much the entire interview, and even as I put this together now, I'm still chuckling at certain parts. But it's good to have a collection that makes you happy, right? A further word about Steve's point about the excess of packaging. This weekend we were putting up a new light fixture in our house. I found that the instruction booklet came in a plastic bag. Which really irks me because there is no use for that bag once I tear it open just to get to the instruction booklet. Which is made of paper and is probably not going to get damaged in any way. So yes, I am totally on board with some type of a movement to reduce the amount of packaging that we all tend to receive when we purchase products as Americans. Super duper thanks to Amy and Steve Ditmar for recording this and sharing their collection of containers and also their experience as consumers, I suppose. Thanks for your patience since it took me a while to put this one together. You can find out more at 30,000thingspodcast.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to 30,000 Things. Thanks.
2: I would just like to say, for those of you who don't know me personally, I'm not as crazy as I sound on this podcast. (laughs) 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 I have a lot of good attributes. Very an educated, knowledgeable person.
1: It's just your thing.
2: It's just containers are my thing.